Good morning. It is June 6th, the morning of my 50th birthday. And as I shared last week, I wanted to come on today to talk about some thoughts on turning 50. So here we go. Uh, this is a little bit different for me. I'm doing this before leaving the house, so we'll hope that my dog doesn't bark and uh, I don't get interrupted. So, oh boy. Thoughts on turning 50. So I did make a few notes, but uh, I've actually been thinking about this quite a bit since I decided I was going to do this episode. And just a reminder that I am going to pause the podcast for the summer, take a break. This is a very intense work period for me and things are really heating up. And so it's time for me to just step away and focus on uh, that and uh, I will come back in the fall. <clears throat> so the first thing I wanted to share about um, things I've learned is around practicing gratitude. Gratitude is definitely something I feel I did well with, but when I started practicing gratitude intentionally and building it into my daily routine and practice, something shifted, something bigger shifted. And I know there is a lot of research, TED Talks, etc., about this. And again, we take those things for granted sometimes. I don't know about you, but I certainly do. Um, however, I will say that practicing gratitude intentionally by journaling, by writing it down, putting, you know, a slip of paper in a jar every day, something you're grateful for, but being intentional about it and getting it down pen to paper makes a difference. So learn to practice gratitude daily. It matters and it is so, so helpful. Second thing I wanted to share was it may seem come across as very direct, but I put down do the work do the work. No matter what that relates to in your life, I think we often get to the point where we let ourselves off easy. But we have to look at our stuff. I was doing a meditation this morning and actually the the instructor um, said that very statement, look at your stuff. Uh, it was a meditation around stress and ignoring your stuff, sweeping it under the rug, masking it with whatever you might mask it with. Certainly, I uh, did a really great job of masking my stuff for many years um, by way of emotional eating, you know, numbing myself with alcohol after a hard day, things like that. No one is coming to save you. That's a statement Mel Robbins makes all the time. And again, we have to at some point look at our stuff and make a decision. Are we going to act and begin <clears throat> what might be a process of healing, begin to act to possibly make changes or are we deciding to stay where we are? And again, we have to decide to do the work, looking at our stuff. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes it's really, really important to go inward and focus on what's going on inside you and what's happening with you rather than constantly worrying about what is happening with others. I think that was a pattern I was definitely getting into is I knew I had some stuff to deal with, but rather than focusing on myself, I was focusing too much on what was happening with others. Uh, And someone that I worked with, um, he said, you know, focus on yourself first, heal yourself and the world around you begins to heal because you are putting the work in yourself. That leads into number three. Number three is be conscious and aware of who it is you're spending your time with. This past year, I attended a a conference, a one-day conference, and uh, the speaker said, you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Does that worry you or does that excite you? Again, look at it, think about it, reflect on it, maybe journal about it. But if it worries you that you are the average of those five people, maybe it's time to begin shifting just a little bit. It doesn't happen overnight, but begin finding individuals who might begin to have a more positive influence on your mood, more positive influence perhaps on, you know, where you're headed, goals, etc. But we often, you know, might encourage our kids or um, people in our lives to seek out a mentor or to work with somebody. But do we ever really think about that for ourselves? And it's, it's very intentional sometimes, um, why some people make it to the top of whatever it is that they're looking to, to strive for because they are willing to surround themselves with people who push them. Um, and I'm not saying push in terms of like burning yourself out. That's not what I'm saying, but it is about seeking out those people who excite you and support you and are positive. So take a look at that and and just be intentional and, and conscious of that. My fourth point was around positivity and engaging in your individual and unique strengths. I am a Gallup certified strengths coach. Uh, I just got certified last July and there is so much research around when we work and live from a place of our strengths. So when we are engaging in using things that we are really good at, we lead more fulfilled, happier lives and they're less stressful. We have less anxiety and we generally are more positive people. So I certainly look to live from a place of my strengths and I try to draw that out from others too, whether or not they've, you know, 
invested and, and learned what their top strengths are, or they um, innately know some of the things that they're really strong at. So um, again, I am a firm, firm believer of this. And uh, certainly it's something that I use at work a lot. And I certainly try to use it in my personal life too. The fifth thing that I wanted to share is around mindfulness. And this was something that um, I've always struggled with. I tend to move very quickly. People who know me and actually my top strength is activator, which means um, I tend to leap before I look. I am a catalyst. I really like to move quickly. So mindfulness is not easy for me. However, there have been some things that I have done to help me ground myself and be more intentional about starting my day. So I've started doing guided meditations five to 10 minutes each morning. I can usually carve that time out. And I must say it really helps me with my energy in the morning, but it also helps me remind me that even mundane parts of my day can be enjoyable. And it allows me a moment to stop, pause, breathe, ground myself, etc. So one thing I learned actually in, again, another learning workshop that I was in was even when we wash our hands, we can use that time to use a mindful practice. So using our senses, our five senses, we can enjoy the experience of washing our hands and draw ourselves into the present. So that's a very simple idea of how to build mindfulness into your day. We wash our hands multiple times a day or when we're doing dishes and we're doing dishes in the sink, not putting them in the dishwasher, but doing them in the sink. Think about how does the, the water feel? What's the sensation? What does the soap feel like on your skin? What does it feel like to rub your hands together with the soap? What's the smell? Are there any memories that it evokes? Things like that. So start to use that idea of washing your hands or when you're doing dishes in the sink, being mindful and using your senses to take a mundane task and maybe find some joy in it. Find something about it that is awe inspiring because I will say that when I begin to use my senses I'm like oh that warm water feels so nice especially in the winter time when my hands are often very cold I really try to draw my thoughts into the moment and it can really help with managing my thoughts and anxieties and worries and stressors so trying to build mindfulness into your day even in some of those very mundane tasks, maybe when you're walking from the parking lot at work, start to use your senses and pick up on some of those things. And I'd like to know if it helps you at all to, um, mm -hmm. you know, begin to, to shift your thinking a bit. The sixth point I have is what seems like a good idea in your youth might not seem like a great idea when you're 40 or 50 and beyond. So I laugh when I wrote this because um, people ask, why did you guys get married so close to your birthdays? And again, 
It's an example of what seemed like a really good idea at the start of our relationship turned into creating a pretty busy and very um, chaotic time in June for my family. So for those of you who don't know, my husband and I got married 22 years ago on June 2nd. We chose June 2nd because it would allow us to spend our honeymoon together in Paris because we went to Paris for our honeymoon and both of our birthdays would fall during that honeymoon period. So we had our wedding anniversary, then my husband's birthday is June 5th and I'm June 6th. So days apart, we have these three celebrations. Lo and behold, when we had our first child, our daughter was born on June 15th. So her birthday is still to come in nine days. And as you know, with kids in school, June tends to be a pretty busy month. Um, so this year we've had, obviously, you know, our anniversary, my husband's birthday, my birthday today. We've also had our daughter's grade 12 graduation. Her birthday's coming up. We have friends. We've got family. We've got a wedding. We've got a lot going on. So, you know, seems like a great idea when you're in your youth. However, sometimes we don't always think ahead, especially me as an activator. I tend to act. I tend to look, uh, leap before I look. So um, it just makes me laugh a little bit. It's all very positive things. However, um, it can sometimes lead to a bit of a, a extra stress. Um, but uh, June, nonetheless, is very, very busy. I think probably, again, once the kids have have uh, grown up and left home, maybe it'll be uh, a bit of a time for my husband and I to really refocus on uh, doing something for ourselves and for each other during this time period. But for now, it, it is quite busy. Um, I'm sure you have an example of something you decided in your youth and you're like, ah, was that a good idea? Anyways, we all have, have those stories, I'm sure. The, the next point is about being intentional for building community for yourself. So this is something that, again, I think when we're younger, we hear things like, you know, be aware of your friend group or um, that sort of thing. But as we get older, sometimes it's harder to find ways to build community. But don't forget about that because it is very, very important. And in fact, having people in your corner that you um, can lean on and that you can go to is so, so important. So being intentional about building community for yourself, whether it's through a volunteer organization, serving others, coaching, mentoring, there are many ways to do this. You will gain so much more than you expect. And I certainly have been an avid volunteer for, for many years. I was a big sister for over 10 years. Um, I'm happy to report my little sister and I have recently reconnected. Um, she's married and uh, it's just, it's so rewarding to have that, you know, connection and that relationship. I'm also an optimist, part of the International Optimist Club. Uh, I have volunteered for many, many years. I just stepped away from an organization at work, but I was um, part of the professional managerial association at my at my place of employment and 
was a former president of that group and have sat and co-chaired almost every committee. Um, I'm also part of the Suicide Prevention Middlesex London group, uh, again, as, as an assist trainer, so a suicide intervention skills trainer. Uh, it's something that I'm very passionate about and, and connect with my community on. So there are many ways to build community. And certainly my, um, my fitness and my nutrition and my coaching that I'm doing, the mentoring that I'm doing with other uh, women, uh, that has brought so much positive community to me. And I am being mentored by people who've been doing this way longer. And I just soak that up and I've learned so much from those people. So that has been super, super positive for me in this past year while I've been on this journey of, of learning and leaning into um, well-being and wellness and, and really focusing more on, on myself. So um, finding that community for yourself, it's really, really important. The last thing I wanted to share was about don't forget about those close relationships, those closest relationships to you. These relationships might be your friends, they might be a spouse, perhaps their siblings, parents, etc. But don't forget to pour into those people. And we need those people through thick and through thin. We need them when the, the wheels come off the cart. We need them when we are struggling. We need them when we want to celebrate. We absolutely all are social creatures, no matter how introverted you are. It might surprise you to, to hear me say that I am an introvert. I draw energy by being alone. I need to build time in for myself. Um, part of my wellness and fitness journey has been carving more time out for, for that and being intentional about it. But no matter how I draw my energy, I still need those close relationships and I value them so much. Oftentimes they're showing up in my uh, things that I'm grateful for. And I need to remind myself that it's very important to pour into those relationships. So if we want people on our side and in our corner to cheer us on, etc., we also need to be that person for others. So, um, but every single person, we need to have at least one person, if not a couple. We don't need to have dozens and dozens. You know, you can have all sorts of acquaintances, but every human needs that human connection of some sort. So again, if you need to seek that out and build more community, like I said in, in the seventh point, you might need to be doing that for yourself. Otherwise, being in a state of loneliness is as harmful for our health as smoking. I think a couple packs a day. That's, I'm pretty sure that's the research. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure there's research around being in a chronic state of loneliness is as unhealthy as smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. So I just want to leave you with that. That's, that's stark reality. Um, and let me say, I have led, um, I've been in those lonely places in my life and felt like I wasn't sure if it would turn around. Um, but I, I do realize that we can act and we can make changes and um, it is possible. So 
uh, finding those, those close relationships and, and fostering them is, is really important. So that's the list I made. I hope it's useful. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm 50, so I'm good either way. Um, but I just wanted to come on and share some of those thoughts and reflections and, uh, just to, uh, say how much I appreciate any of you who are listening. I'd love to hear from you. Please don't hesitate to reach out. If you're willing, I'd love for you to rate my podcast. I think it helps with getting more people to listen to it. I know it's grassroots. I'm just starting out. I'm not sure the direction that it'll take. I'd love to next uh, season begin to to bring on some folks to interview. Uh, but for now, you know, this is basically a audio journal for me. And it's been a lot of fun. I hope you have a wonderful summer. I hope you get to do some stuff that you're really excited about. You've got some things that you're looking forward to. I certainly do myself and uh, can't wait to come back uh, and begin season two. Take good care, everybody.